Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. This week, before we get into things, I want everyone to know that this episode does include some sensitive content that I wanted to forewarn everyone about so that they can come into this episode with the full knowledge and buy-in to the experience that you are going to be experiencing with this episode. This episode includes elements of audiovisual hallucinations, human trafficking, physical and psychological abuse, as well as some elements of implied torture. So if you need to skip this episode on account of that, or find time to listen to this in a safe space where you can process those feelings related to these themes, I just wanted to let you all know that ahead of time. Aside from that, I did want to say that our $2 and above Patreon backers should be looking forward for later this week. We will be releasing an additional piece of written content to supplement the content of this episode to flesh out some of the events here for your deeper understanding. With all that out of the way, I think it's time for us to get started. In the time of myth, when gods and mortals walked creation together, Ashen Mask, Rizzo, and Golden Might of the Dawn entered the Pagoda of Mars, seeking her idol, having defeated her stone guardians. As they entered, what battles lied ahead? What conflicts would be brought toward them? What exactly was the Bull of the North doing in front of them? On the first floor of this pagoda, in a room of flame and smoke, frozen in time, in a building caught, frozen in a tremble, the Bull of the North has stepped forward toward all of you, out of the smoke. She looks you up and down, expectantly. I told you we should have stopped and made a trap! Hi. Hello. Uh, good to see you? No, or not so good. I wish that I could say the same of you. <laughs> so, interesting how you got here so fast. How did you get here so fast? That is of no concern. It is of my concern. And, and mine. I'm I'm very concerned. <laughs> so concerned. How did you do that? You should spend less time worrying about what I've done and more time reflecting on what you have done. And she pulls her arm back, and from the smoke, it appears as though she procures her large whalebone diclave and swings it forward. Caught on the end of the diclave is a body. Ariston's corpse comes rolling out in front of you. Um, wait, didn't Rizzo... Didn't you... What's happening? Okay, that's a dead body. That is definitely a dead guy. Hold the phone. (laughs) Um, Um, Rizzo actually was supposed to have subsumed that body into her own essence. That body shouldn't exist. Yeah, no, like, he he turned to to ash. Like, not like you, Ashen Ash, but like, he was just, you, poof! And Ariston was just like, and he just, and now he's... Rizzo's eyes kind of uh, look over the body and they do this thing, you know, when you look down and you're trying to wrap your head around something and she knows what she saw and she felt everything and she's kind of like looking from left to right trying to find some kind of answer while still trying to swallow her feelings and not let it blur what decision she needs to make and whatever she needs to do to kill the bull. She's trying to play it as cool as possible, but inside she just weeps. And at this point, another voice cuts across the room. You seem so shocked to be looking at a corpse of one of your friends. It's not like you've not seen them before. 
and from the smoke steps a short athletic woman with close cropped brown hair she bears the mon of house cessus on her jade buff jacket and carries two short diaclaves with her this is cessus min who assaulted jia wei who godwin mostly killed and who ariston finished off this is a dead woman How how do you have Ariston's body? How are you alive? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Your mistakes will never leave you. No, see, see, that's where you're wrong. Because when you make a mistake, the mistake is left and it should just stay behind you and stay dead. Gone. It should be buried. Not buried, just behind you. It's everything is fine. (laughs) Somebody bring you back to life? I don't understand. The only thing that's brought me back to life is the fact that some of you can't seem to let go of me. I literally don't know who you are, and so that is not my problem. Then maybe it's not relevant to you. Have you considered that, you fucking nitwit? I hate you. I'm gonna kill you. Don't care if you're already dead. So I, we couldn't save you, and then you, you know, you fucking attacked my village. Oh, this isn't about whether or not I died, whether or not you killed me. This is about the monster that I was allowed to become before I died. <gasps> This isn't our job. Not like, not like, not like, it's not like our, our job, job. But like, Talia, you said that the temple would bring up the things that we had buried. Um, and I don't know that person. Um, and so I couldn't have buried them. And then Rizzo knows that person. And so she might have buried them. And I don't know if you or Cord know that person, but one of you could have buried oh, both of them. I know her very well. We used to work together. She was the bane of my existence. She had a problem with every single thing I tried to do. She wouldn't let me just be free. She had to make sure things went according to plan. She had to make sure that we slaughtered every single one of the rebellious pirates. She had to make sure that Zhao Wei would never recover. Okay. Joke's on you. Zhao Wei is recovering, by the way. And I'm really, really happy about that. Tawia sort of bounces back and forth on their feet. So you killed Ariston, they point to the bull, and you killed Ajax, they point to Min, and I, I tried to groom every single one of you. I, I tried to shape the bull, and I tried to shape Min and Accord and Ragara Prema. I, they're my fault, it's my fault that they're dead, and it's my fault that they're bad. That's not your fault. There's no way that you could have foreseen what they would become. You tried your best, and they died at the hands of other people. Rizzo, you know what my job is, right? It's literally my job to see the consequences that no one else is capable of seeing. It's my job to read the loom of fate and disentangle it. Maybe it's the loom of fate that you don't see these things. Maybe it was supposed to happen, and maybe this is a challenge that you have to face and overcome so you can move on from it and learn a lesson. Maybe the lesson is that I never should have been given these powers because every time I've tried to use them, every time I've tried to put them to a purpose, this happens. People wind up dead. People wind up hurt. Don't you think that when you got those powers, people knew or it was known that this would have happened? That's the tricky thing with you. The, the, the chosen, is especially the chosen of the sun, is that you make so many more snares and snarls and tangles in the loom that I don't know how to get a read on you, but I know that with proper guidance, you're supposed to help set things straight. You're supposed to help put things on the right path, and maybe the problem is the guidance, because I'm I'm not ready. Tawa, you, you don't have to be ready. But you're doing a good job. 
It's just sometimes some people fall through the cracks. Some people maybe are not chosen correctly by the sun. And that's not your job. It was my job to try to set them straight and to try to make sure that abuses of power didn't happen. And it was my job to try to make sure that the idol came back from Jaway. That's why they were there in the first place. I, I had to try to help get the idol of the sun back and... I was trying to get them, Ragara Prema and Ragara Vijay and, and Accord and Min, I was trying to get them to resolve the situation, but I empowered them in ways that they shouldn't have been. So, so much went to their heads, so much went to the bull's head, so much went to Godwin's head. But so many things are deep-rooted that there's no way that you could have undone some of these things. You know how Godwin is. He's, he's that way, and he's always been that way. And to be honest, he'll never change. After all this, after everything that's happened, Godwin has not really changed and you can't blame yourself. Look at the bull of the North. We gave them the answers that they needed. We gave her the reason why that they are fighting and she didn't care. Yes, but you did tell me that I was special. You told me how better to use my powers. You told me how grand my destiny was. Yeah, and you failed. <laughs> I have no intention of failing. You already have. You failed your ancestors. You forgot why you were supposed to be fighting. And that alone pissed off your ancestors and they want nothing to do with you. Except for to shame you and show you how much you've dishonored them. Min looks the bull up and down with absolute contempt and disgust. <laughs> so not only are you anathema, you're a blood traitor? <laughs> this is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. If I could, I would have killed all of you. Everyone in that city, and that's a lie. I did want to make things proper and right. I wanted to help you. I wanted to help your people, Rizzo. They were worshipping an abusive god, forcing people to undertake strange rituals, enforcing bans on entire materials coming in and out of your city. I couldn't allow you to live like that. I needed to enlighten you. And you know who showed me the way? Tawia. They showed me how to master my essence. They told me when to strike. They led to... Countless victories. They led to the formation of the expedition to the city. Eh, that's true. Um, I'm not very good at my job. But it's not like Tawia knew what you were going to do when you got there. Let me get this straight. You wanted to help these people, and Tawia brought you to a point where you could, and then decided your way of helping was to murder everyone? That sounds a little less Tawia and a little more crazy on your part. The Immaculate Doctrine is clear about those who refuse to change their ways. Sometimes you just need a firm helping hand. Unfortunately, your firm helping hand didn't do uh, anything what you thought it would. No one told you that there's other ways of doing things? Oh, my firm helping hand accomplished quite a bit. And she reaches around her back and pulls forward the severed head of Ajax Ford and throws it in front of you. Ew! So, uh... Seeing now both Ariston and Ajax's bodies in the same vicinity as her, she uh, sheds a few tears, doesn't make any distinction in her face. She kind of just leaves it stoned. Just because you took some friends away doesn't mean that you did any good for all of Jaway. Jaway is still thriving and Jaway is rebuilding. If anything, it's rebuilding healthier and less toxic than it was before. I guess that was because of you, but to be honest, we all hate you, and no one will know in the future that it was you. 
And I don't want to agree with Ashen Mask, but you carrying around a severed head is only increasing the crazy part. I'm not gonna lie. Back when we arrived at Zhao Wei, I probably would have laughed very hard at that. Today, however, I find myself to be severely off-put. But what they're saying isn't exactly wrong. Uh, Tawaya did provide us a helping hand and a lot of encouragement in terms of martial strategy as well as training in the martial arts. They... I don't know that this particular situation is about Min or about the bull and the things that they have done or their goals. It's about the collateral that's been wreaked in service of that. Okay, but if you give someone fire dust and show them that they can make fires or small explosions to help improve the landscape, you're not responsible if they then decide to use the fire dust to kill people. It's not Talia's fault. Talia gave them the means to make the world a better place and tried. It's not their fault that the people that Talia trained decided to go around and kill Rizzo's friends. But when every time you try to do something, every time you try to show someone the way, show someone how to use fire dust, you wind up losing people and buildings. It starts to make you wonder if maybe the problem's the person who's showing them and not the people who are being taught. You've been showing me how to use fire dust, and I haven't killed anybody since you've shown me how to use it. There were people that died before, but that was definitely not you or the fire dust. To be honest, Talia, it's really not your fault. There are certain things that you can control and certain things that you can't. And sometimes when it comes down to it, if people are going to make an awful decision, they're just going to make those decisions. I think maybe next time... If you really feel like it's your fault, just try a different approach. Go about it a different way. Spend more time analyzing that person and try to figure out and assess the situation better than you already are. Go ahead and roll me a charisma plus presence roll, please. All right, go ahead and take plus two dice for your stunt here. Are you going to do anything to juice this roll you are looking to beat? A6 because of the intimacies that are shaping Talia. Yeah, I'm going to spend one willpower. Perfect. So go ahead and give us that roll. Three successes. I appreciate where you're coming from, Rizzo, but 7,462 people who shouldn't have have died because of the things that I've pushed these people to do. You didn't push these people to do these specific things, Talia. I think you need to sit back and look at each of these situations and realize this. No, Rizzo, I told Cessus Min and Ragara Prema and Tepet Harmonious Accord to assault Zhao Wei. Do you understand that? All of Forlorn Arya's friends are dead because of me. Ajax is dead because of me. Sounds like you need to start apologizing. If this is something that you're not happy with, then just start doing what you can to make it up. That's why I've been trying to work with you. uh, Just after we lost Ariston, I don't know anymore. Why would Mars choose someone like me? I would be better off as a cook, just in some small village. What am I doing? I'm supposed to know everything, and I, I, I don't even know where I am or what I'm doing half the time. What are you thinking about right now? What are you feeling right now? Someone who is bad at this job wouldn't even take the time to reflect on this, wouldn't even take the time to have these things haunt them. They would just move on past it. They would have zero doubts, 
zero regrets. But the fact that it's eating at you alive internally, that means that there's something still there and that your conscious is having a problem with it. And that just means you need to buckle the fuck up and deal with it. They take a breath. They look down. And I'm going to need you to make a charisma plus socialize roll. So go ahead this time and take two dice and an automatic success for a two-dot stunt. That'll mean you also refresh that willpower that you just spent. And are you going to spend anything on this? I'm actually going to spend six peripheral essence just to knock this out of the park. Perfect. 11 successes. As your cast mark opens on your forehead and shines light through the room, raw and pure sunlight. Not the frozen torchlight that plays about the room now. Tawia's face is cast in this noonday glow, and tears begin to pour down their eyes as they take a moment, steal themselves, and as they open their eyes, their own cast mark awakens on their forehead, crimson, red, and angry, but certain the sign of Mars begins to ignite across their forehead as they look to the bull and they look to Cessus Min and they look at Ajax and Ariston. You know what? You're dead. It's over. Prima is reformed. We sent her away and she has every intent of making her life better now. Harmonious Accord is well on his way to becoming a better person. You're dead and there's nothing that I can do about Ajax. And you, you can't be here. We traveled so much faster than you possibly could have. You couldn't have Ariston's body here, so why don't you go the hell away? We have important business to take care of, and when the time comes, if I need to, I'll be the one who drives this stick into your head. Now move. As they finish that speech, the red light of Mars pours from Tawia's forehead into their forms, and they begin to crack and rupture as they dissipate into these two beams of red light that congeal and travel up the stairs at the back of the pagoda beyond the smoke. Ajax and Ariston, too, begin to fade. What do you do? Talia, that was amazing. I didn't think you had it in you, kid. I'm proud of you, Talia. That was a really freaking brave thing to do. Thanks, Rizzo. I couldn't have done it without you here to kick some sense into me. Sometimes it's easier to see from the outside. It's also easier to take other people's advice when it's not your own. You're really good at that, though, you know? You've always been the center of this group. You were able to calm Godwin down when no one else could. You got him and Ariston to see a little bit more eye to eye. They might not be around right now, but even now, you've got the most level head on your shoulders I've ever seen, and you can see through people in ways that I don't think even Cass could comprehend. Don't forget that, and don't be afraid to use it. I'll be here, encouraging you, trying to point you in the right direction. And feeding me. Thank you, Tawi. Of course. Always feeding you. Yes, please. <laughs> Should we keep going? Everyone okay? I mean, that was, you know, it's not every day that you see that most recent person that you were trying to engage in a sexual pursuit with, with a person that killed, really, a pain in your side, uh, or the friend of a pain in your side, with, uh, with someone who used to consider a close ally, but also a personal rival. And, um, you'll have to forgive my coarse language, but it is fucking me up a little bit right now. That, that was, I can't imagine what you're going through, Talia, if I'm on the outside of that. Um, wow. Are you gonna be okay to continue? Do you want to take a second? 
I have snacks. Why did you bring snacks? We have Talia. Because I didn't know. And I always have snacks in Qui-Gon's pocket. And he just like circles around. Uh, his eyes are very large because he's very confused. And can sense that the things that were there shouldn't have been there. And he was kind of confused why everyone had high emotions. But he does have snacks in his pocket. Harmonious Accord looks at his hands. And he takes his chakram into his hand and turns it over a couple of times. If, um, if this is what Tavia had to face, and I'm affected like this, I am terrified of what I might need to do if something like this happens to me, but I believe in you, the lot of you. But if someone would take this from me, I would maybe feel more secure that I'm not going to accidentally do something rash. Ashen Mask reaches his hand out and puts it over the top of the hand that is currently holding the chakram and uh, places his other hand on the weapon itself. I'm going to give this back to you real soon, as soon as we're done with these stupid fucking smoke illusions. That's why I keep you around. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. (laughs) I've just been waiting for that moment. (laughs) All right, let's go. If it'd make you feel better, you could hold my hand. You know, I, I appreciate that you're being forward like that but you're really not my type yeah you're not my type either <laughs> oh mm, all right <laughs> high emotions i'm i'm misreading things again i thought yeah no, all right no. well and he books up the stairs really really fast <laughs> embarrassed as fuck as he approaches this <laughs> Wait, large so qui-gon also just runs up the stairs after him not understanding thinking that we're playing now so he just like okay and then he just runs up with a lot of whoops and burps. there is this enormous star metal slab at the top of the stairs and a cord fumbling as he makes his ascent grabs onto a piece of it and slides it back as he steps up and Qui-Gon bounds out in front of him. Doesn't look as bad up here. I'll let I'll let you know. What do you see? Um it looks mostly like an office oh, sort of no. space. Qui-Gon looks around and he starts to notice things. He starts to see things that he can't play with. So he starts to like run to all these corners and he starts to hear rain outside and He knows he can't go outside when it rains, but also it reminds him that he needs to pee. So he's looking around, looking around. A lot of things are sparkly and looks expensive. And there's a bunch of little Rizzo's shaking her head at him and just popping up everywhere, like scolding him. And all his toys, he sees them being like thrown away. And he kind of starts feeling like the room spinning of all these things that he can't play with. And um, everyone's just frowning at him, even though the people in the same room, like, you know, they all think it's really hilarious. But to Qui-Gon, it looks like they're all frowning and mad at him and scolding him. Yeah, the door you will notice here is just a single door. It does not have the doggy door component on it that you're used to seeing here. And for the audience, I'll clarify that this is, in fact, their office in Zhao Wei at Quinn's where you established you being Rizzo and Qui-Gon Jinn and Juice established your business with Godwin and Ajax and Ariston. Pine furniture is all around these rough carven wood logs where you would seat your clients. There are a couple of half-carved 
statues that Ariston had been working on, as well as a number of pine cones with googly eyes glued to them. But also, perhaps strangely, not that Ashen Mask or Golden Might of the Dawn would know, there are just large piles of chewable bones on most surfaces in the office, just out of reach. He hops up, but it's never high enough. Uh, in the distance, it seems like the room's getting larger. The more he walks towards a certain spot, it seems to reach further away from him. But there's these giant pine cones with googly eyes on them that seem to grow. It doesn't mean anything to you guys, but Rizzo kind of understands what's going on and that it's not for any of them. Guys, this is uh, this is Qui-Gon's room. Uh, I, we be- believing might believing might be able to talk Qui-Gon through what's happening because I don't speak dog and she looks to Ashen Mask. Wait, hold on. Are you telling me that this pagoda has a room specifically to fuck with your dog? He's got some things. I know. I, everybody's a thing. Mars works in mysterious ways. That's messed up. You know... You screw with the human because they made a mistake, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Did you mess with the dog? Oh no, me and me and Mars are having words. At this point, you hear a large rustling sound, as in the corner of the room, you can see sort of autonomously animating a roll of papers, enormous, like almost the size of the room itself, lift up and raise itself, floating, chasing the the poor teacup wolf around the room. He used to get spanked on the behind with the with a roll of paper. He's doing that sort of shuffle that dogs do when, you know, they're like trying to keep themselves guarded and safe where like Little he's kind of, yeah, he's doing a sidestep and kind of like circling around his own butt, trying to keep it out of the way. Oh my goodness, believing, fix it. Um, I, I don't really know how dogs work very well. Um, or wolves. I'm used to running away from them, but um, Mr. Mr. Gin and Juice, um, if you if you're quite all right, I'll, I'll have you know that you're you're a good dog. Um, and and there's nothing to worry about here. That the rain will will subside soon, and you can you can have a a piddle if you'd like. And may, maybe just maybe if we handle that large roll of paper, you can do your business on there, so that it will be easier to clean up. Does how's does that okay, Rizzo? That was good believing, thank you. And Rizzo kind of tries to make herself as big as she can to try to block out all the sights that Qui-Gon is seeing. And she gets down to his level and grabs his face with her hands on either side and starts to like smooth the fur on his temples away from his nose and under his eyes and outward. And she says, Qui-Gon, these things they're not real you are a good dog and you can go to the bathroom wherever you want it doesn't matter even if i do get mad it's only temporary because you know i love you more than anything and you'll never get spanked on the butt again and this isn't real you have to remember all the fun things like playing outside and playing in the rain when we get to play in the rain so go ahead and give me a charisma plus survival roll difficulty three that is three successes. Qui-Gon begins to calm. And as he does, you can see the pine cones beginning to shrink in size. 
and the papers begin to unfurl and float back into the corners as the rain outside seems to subsist and the light breaks into the room. And as it does, it feels almost like in a wipe. You are actually now out in a forested meadow just outside the city of Jaway, believing the mohawked mouse jumps down from Goldie's hands, enlarging itself. Hey, hey now, Qui-Gon, it's time, isn't it? It's, it's time to have a go. You can do it. As Qui-Gon rushes behind a tree to relieve himself, and in so doing, manifesting almost through what seems like the sheer sunlight breaking through the trees in this glade, are another set of stairs leading upward. Tawia, when Qui-Gon returns, gives the wolf a pat on the head and a scratch behind the ears. Well, looks like that's resolved. Poor guy. Rizzo grabs a little piece of jerky that she had and gives it to him and puts him in a little papoose that she has that she wears fashionably, but it's also a papoose. So he just snuggles in there and just tries to relax. As Believing scampers up to Goldie's shoulder and pulls on her hair. Goldie, why don't you make one of those for us? I mean, I have my pocket and that keeps you nice no, and No, but I want one of those. It'd be so comfortable. <laughs> I, I just don't know that I could rock it quite as well as Rizzo. I think you're making excuses again. <laughs> I don't make excuses. I'm very accountable. I don't want to do that. I like you guys in my pocket because then I can feel you on my belly. Keeps me warm. Okay. I see how it is. That's fun. Your belly's warm anyway. It's comfy. <laughs> I love you believing. I love you too, Goldie. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um. This room is a lot in a very different way than the last one. <laughs> Can I can I go ahead? Hey Mars, can my room be me not finding a place to piss? That'd be <laughs> super. Thank you. Oh that, wow, yeah, no, that would be be excellent actually. I don't I don't think Mars takes requests, but if they did, that would be my room too, please. Me not finding a place to piss? You're mean. <laughs> Rather you than me. <laughs> you fools. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm feeling better after that, quite frankly. Yeah, the next room is probably going to be easy. I mean, not that it was easy, but like, it's getting easier. Let's go. And Goldie marches up the stairs and opens up the next door. And this room looks quite a lot like the first one, actually. Wrought from stone, caught in time. And the second that Goldie slides back the star metal slab... Everyone is assaulted with the acrid, stinging stench of hot waste and burning chemicals. I actually would like for everyone to make a stamina plus constitution check at a difficulty three. Stamina plus resistance, yes. Constitution's a thing from Dun Dungon and Drawron. Dangans and rompas. Wait, uh, stamina per versus what? Uh, stamina plus resistance. That's oh, going to be a 10 for you. Yeah. Me too, me too. That's a 5 for me. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to puke. It's going to be gross. So what did everyone get? Well, I got two successes. Okay. Goldie is used to the scent of steaming shit, and she got nine successes, bitches. Wowzers. Uh, Rizzo scraping by with a three. 
as is Harmonious Accord. Tawia, however, also rolled two. So this smell is, like, actually toxic. It is causing your eyes to blur. Your your vision is swimming, and you're finding it hard to form full or coherent thoughts. Essentially, as long as you and Tawia are in this room, you are going to be suffering just a blanket minus three penalty to do anything. Yeah, that's fair. And as you all ascend into this room, you find that the one primary difference between this room and the first room you entered is that there is a sort of pyre sitting at the center of the room. At the top of this pyre, there is a large vat in which this appears to be brewing, and there is a slender person in front of the pyre tied to a stake with pale green eyes and caramel-colored skin. Tears stream down their eyes, but they make no sound. They are covered in signs of both beatings and whippings. In their eyes, they look to you all and plead for assistance, but they dare not open their lips. What do you do? (sighs) We're good, guys. Minus the smell, it's an empty room. Who's afraid of bad smells? Rizza runs to untie this person, and she pulls out her sword to set them free. You find that the manacles holding them to the post are made of a steel jade alloy. This is an almost unbreakable metal. You're going to need to make a strength plus okay. melee or athletics check in order to break it at difficulty five. Okay. Going to spend anything on that? Yeah, I'm going to spend two peripheral. Perfect. Six successes. You take your sword, itself an artifact, and slam it into these manacles which shatter and fall to the floor. The figure, however, does not move. They simply slump forward a little bit, their forehead now resting against the post, their shoulders slumping over as they still look desperately into your eyes, apparently begging for some form of help. Goldie kind of like shifts the collar of her shirt uncomfortably and looks to Rizzo. You, 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 you can, you can, you can see, see them too? Uh, we don't all see them. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's cool, cool. Yeah, no, no worries. No worries. Totally normal. It's fine. Who's, who's. <laughs> um, you, you doing okay there? Yeah, I'm. Goldie, like, is forcing a very obvious and super pained smile. It almost looks like she is trying to smile, like, through a stab wound. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Come on, Talia. I am. I'm so good. I'm so great. I'm so ready for this room where every. Everyone can see them. Everyone can see them. Um, look, I'm not the best at picking up social cues. We recently established that. And I can tell that you are in miserable pain. Nope. 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 And she just shakes her head. Yeah. Can you, can you just let uh, even a full sentence out? Can you just say one whole thought? Just take a deep breath. That just end to end. No stammering. No nuhs. Just straight out one to the end. Just... Goldie just kind of chokes over her words and shakes her head vigorously while she looks down at the floor and she kind of... Yeah, perfect shifts, model of health. She shifts side to side and her throat is sealing up and she's just not looking at the figure that all of you can see. So, um, I'm no good at medicine, but this 
person looks severely injured. Yeah, they. They're dead. You you can't 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 catch because because the, the this person is alive. They just can't talk. Yeah, they look alive. I do. I know dead people. <laughs> and that's not one of them. <laughs> no, I I I, I kill I kill them. Then they're dead. Excuse. I can't. She's broken, guys. She's broken. Oh my god! And harmonious accord actually starts laughing. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, she has breath. You're just like me. Shut up! I'm not like. No. No, I'm fine. No, actually, you're worse. <laughs> Shut up! Or I'll kill you. <laughs> Look at this. Almost none of their flesh is intact on their back. <laughs> you absolute monster. Shut up. I know. I know. I know. I know. Now, now, now. There's no crying. You don't get to do that. I'm not crying. I'm an ugly crier. I'm, I'm not crying. Not crying. I'm fine. These are just... It's my, my eyes are sweating. Is this something you want to talk about what happened? Do you think that would maybe help? Nope, nope, nope. nope it's fine. This is, they just they follow, follow me around because I killed them and it's, 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 my, it's, my, it's, my, it's my fault and it's okay. And they just follow me around and they appear sometimes. And I didn't, didn't think that they would appear here because there aren't any slave traders to kill. And, and I killed Kalindi and, and it's fine because, because they'll leave. And I know, I know that I stopped pursuing a hundred drunken rubies. I know, and I'll get back on that, but th- this is more important because because if I don't help Rizzo get the idols, then then more bad stuff will happen, and then it won't matter who is a slave and who is a slave trader, because lots of people will be dead, and who knows, everybody could be dead. And so this this is more important, and I don't need to talk about it, and it's fine, because <laughs> I killed them, and of course I'm going to murder you. <laughs> you are so much more fucked up than I am. At which point, Tawia puts their hand on his shoulder and says, Not the time. Shut up. And... He seems to suddenly be caught with a level of awareness of his own just absolute dickishness, and he looks to his feet. But I think that we do need to talk about this. We need to figure this out if we want to get out of this room. Can, 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 I, can I can I can I can I just kill them again this time? It, it'll be cleaner and it'll be quicker, and and I won't have anyone else do it, and I'll do it myself, and it'll be all my fault because it was all my fault, and I shouldn't have gotten Kalindi, and I know that I shouldn't have, but I would again, I would again, and she points at the figure on the floor. I would, I would, I would, I would let her kill you all over again to save myself, and I would, and I don't regret it, and I know that it's my fault that you died, and it's okay. I don't think that. Doing the same thing all over again would help you in this situation because that's why it's here in the first place. Maybe maybe you should open up about why this is eating at you. It, it would be eating at me if they would just leave me alone and stop appearing everywhere. <laughs> but I think there's a reason they're appearing everywhere to bother you. And if you, Are you happy with the choices that you've made with them? I would make the same choices that I made last time, this time. I'd, I'd make them all over again, every single one of them. If that's true, then just these little things that are following you should just, just tell them fuck you. It's, it's, just, it's just 16, and I've, I've, I've told 16 
leave me alone, and they won't, and they never do. Just don't go away. They reach their hand out toward you. Don't! And Goldie flinches back away from them. Don't touch me! <laughs> they wince in pain as their hand falls, having reached for you, and they stumble onto the floor, unable to stand themselves up, apparently. I know that it's my fault, and I won't be sorry. And I know that I shouldn't have gotten Kalindi, and I knew what she was going to do to you, but but I would do it all over again, because if I didn't, then if I didn't, then I wouldn't have gotten my chance to kill her, and and I wouldn't have killed the slave traders that I did, and, and I'm not sorry, and I'd do it again, and I do wish that you hadn't died, but you had to die, and it was... <laughs> supposed to happen but i knew it would and i'm not sorry are they are they ghosts or are they just projections i'm just asking so you guys don't know you haven't physically yeah touched any of them yet well when i let it i didn't touch it when i it felt real when you struck the post but you didn't touch their flesh okay goldie are these things when they when they see you and they come to you, is it like a dream? Is it like a physical thing? Or is it, you know, a curse maybe? What does it seem like to be? 16 is just haunting me. So I don't like ghosts because they're everywhere I go. They look up again and they try to push themselves up. And then they fall forward and audibly wince, at which point you see their eyes go wide and they look at you almost clawing forward desperately i'll be quiet i'll be quiet i'll be quiet i won't talk anymore i won't talk anymore i won't talk anymore i won't say anything i won't say anything again please please no i won't i won't talk i won't talk please please i'll shut up i'll shut up i'll shut up i'll finally shut up goldie falls to her knees and covers her own throat as if she's being strangled and can't speak anymore and something about this shifts the countenance of 16 and You can see them pushing themselves up. They are still bloody and ragged, barely holding together in a human form as they grab onto your hair (laughs) and push you down onto the ground. That's right, you be quiet now. You shut up. You be quiet. You're going to make Mistress Galindi angry. Ashen Mask runs over and kicks the hand that is holding Goldie down. So, as you do that, your foot passes through the figure. Ghost! It's a ghost! Goldie, where is your poncho? Goldie shakes her head silently, even though her hair is being pulled, her hands still around her throat. She's wearing the poncho under her vest, and you can see it sticking out of the sides of her sweater. Having seen that he can not really interact with whatever this is, he kneels down next to Goldie. His eyes are watering and seems like he is going to retch at any moment just from the pure stench of this place. But he reaches out an arm to Goldie and says, this is something you need to deal with. You say you'd make the same decision and that you're not sorry, but you can be both. You can be sorry and still have done the same thing. Have you ever said I'm sorry to her? (laughs) Goldie shakes her head silently, and the tears start to pour from her eyes. <laughs> Sorry that I let her kill you. <laughs> and at that point, 
the grip on your hair softens as 16 falls to the floor, looks you in the eye. Tears are welling up in their own face. Do me a favor. Go out there. Whatever you do, be loved like I couldn't be. I wanted them to love me like I just couldn't have. And thank you. That was no way to live. And they begin to pass out of the room. So too does the stench, the post, the shackles of jade. There's just quietness now and stillness. On this level, there are many more shards of dislodged stone hanging frozen in the air. But it's still so, so quiet. Are you ready for some piping? Hot. Goss? That's right. It's time for lunch at the Tiger Folk Longhouse. Oh, I bet I know why you guys are here, eh? Yeah, for tea. It's freezing outside. It is really cold out there, it is. But let's not dance around the point, eh? I bet you're here to ask about Bertram. And that is... Ding, ding, ding. What was that ringing sound? I thought he was saying that is... He was leading up for that is correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought he was asking, and that is... What? Ellipses question mark. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was my understanding of what was being said there. Oh, and my Beatrum gosh. is a goat that I got recently. Decided to, you know, quit a job that I had before, and I'm going to take up just raising Beatrum. He's going to be a prize winner. Going to take home all the goat prizes... I'm going to be rich in the world of goats, and uh, basically, uh, Bertram is my retirement plan. Uh, okay, but what if he doesn't make you any money? Do you have a plan B? I do not have a plan B. I have absolute faith in Bertram. Have you talked to Bertram about this? Only every single day of his life. Every time I touch him, I feed him, I pet him, I let him know. Everything's riding on you, little Betty. And what did he, what's his response generally? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily positive. I've spent a, t- a good minute around, uh, you know, some animals. And to be quite honest, that sounds like, don't count on it. Look, if, the, if this goat happens to fail me, then I'm, I'm done. My entire identity is wrapped up in this goat now. So is the goat, like, really good now and you're just banking on him winning things? Or are you going to have to, like... Put him through a training montage. Is that what we're going for here? Is this a Rocky well, situation? I'm not going to lie. Bertram is a little bit of a fixer-upper. We're going to fix him up, Mm-mm. and we're going to get him out there, and we're going to start winning competitions. That's a bad idea. I wish you would have talked to, to, to me about this beforehand. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to talk to someone who's a part of the group that spread vicious lies about me stealing toys from children. Um, I was not part of any lies told. I was talking to Rizzo. Yeah, but I, I kind of think that, like, if you didn't go to Rizzo, maybe you should have come to me because I would have at least told you that you should buy a female goat so that way, if it doesn't win any prizes, at least you can sell milk. Yeah, well, I'm going to buy a, a female goat because <laughs> they can pee into their own mouths. Um, Bertram does that a lot. It's actually a little bit disturbing. I was just going to ask, how was that um Just cannons it straight you? in there, drinks it up. Now, hold on. <laughs> If you don't win competitions, I've got a new idea for you. Uh, okay. Performance. You get that goat on stage doing doing stupid pee tricks. Now, this, this is what people will pay for. No, that's gross. It I is gross. I am a proud owner of a goat. I'm a goatsman. I'm not a charlatan. 
who runs around from town to town trying to steal people's money by performing puss tricks for them. Okay, but have you considered maybe doing that? Think about it. You could become famous. No, nobody wants to become famous because of urine. That's that's not a thing. It's a natural body thing. Why do we have to, uh, you know, make it seem weird? I don't think that we necessarily need to be all self-conscious about it, but it smells a little bit. naturally. When Bertram, you know, gets up there on his mouth, it's not like he gets it all right there in the... Soak zone. You, know, you ever heard of a, a little soak zone? in his mustache. <laughs> and it's, it's a mess it is. So you hand out ponchos to the first couple rows. No, you don't even hand them out. You sell them. You sell those. Maybe like three bucks, three pounds would be with our currency. Oh boy, depends on really who you're trying to negotiate with in this particular circumstance. Are you talking about with the realm? Then you're going to want some koku. If you're talking about negotiating with the gold, then it's silver. Around uh, here, we actually sell, uh, we use wooden chits that are markers of uh, proximal value. You know, they, they represent value of other things that are possessed. It's essentially a transfer of ownership between uh, material items. Let's have a little bit of both. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to run around with? A talented jade, a talented silver, and then a bunch of wood chips. Yeah. Just so I can trade them out for some ponchos. Mm-hmm. I've not lived a life where I've, I'm trying to accumulate that much material wealth before. I'm just like trying to make this goat god so that we're set. We we don't need to worry about things. I don't want to have to think about buying and who am I going to find to supply me ponchos for this, these. This is I, all... I need to make sure that the ponchos can withstand the urination of Beatrum. So I, I would not want to help you with the testing part of that but i could probably make the ponchos i'm very good at tinkering i'm sure that like tinkering and poncho making probably like fall in line somewhere around there and from what i hear bertram's pretty good at tinkering if you know what i mean <laughs> oh, it, it's pretty good no he's good at tinkling, tinkling. okay mm-hmm. so if we do this we're going to record we're going to record the results of the tests to make sure that it's adequately absorbent you, you and are... then what we're going to do is when we sell them, we're going to make sure that everybody knows. So on the day of the performance, we're going to sell the ponchos and we're going to release the P-tapes. Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you'd like to get in touch with the show or Quinn, feel free to send us an email to swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Swallows of South and on Facebook and Tumblr at Swallows of the South. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes. It's a great help and always helps get the word out there to more new people. Our theme song is new by Elvis Herod, and I hope you have a wonderful week. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>